0: Welcome to the Ageing Fearlessly listeners. I love it when I have a household name as a guest. Valerie and Ron Taylor were certainly that. I've been reading up on many of the achievements Valerie has accomplished, many of them with Ron, sadly deceased. And I am overwhelmed at the list of things she's done in her lifetime. At 83, Valerie is still energetic, active and very much involved in conservation of our marine world. She's currently an ambassador for the Sydney Institute of Marine Science. She's here today with her good friend, Sarah Bursell, and we're just going to talk about life. And Sarah is also much of an enthusiast in the ocean. So welcome, Valerie and Sarah. Thank you. It's really great to have you here today because I know the listeners of Ageing Fearlessly, so I, I try to inspire them to live a really energetic and active life, which... You both do. Sarah, I know you through the swimming and I've met Valerie through you. And Valerie, your career is just so extensive. It, it, Honestly, how does someone fit so much into a lifetime?
1: With great difficulty. I have had the best life of anybody I know. I've done many things that other people would only dream of doing and maybe not even dream of doing it's mainly because when opportunity knocks i grab it with both hands and go for it and that's something that young people in particular don't seem to understand it's not like oh i'll have to go and do a course I, oh i've got to go to the dentist and uh, getting my hair done can't do it don't say that say to hell with the course to hell with my hair i'm coming And you just figure it out as you go, yeah?
0: Absolutely. There's no other way. I think life's very much about figure it out as you go. Do you think that, Sarah?
2: Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Valerie got me into diving and thank the whole family.
0: Someone once said to me when I started the Aging Fearlessly thing, anyone asks you to do something, say yes. Figure it out later. And that's exactly (laughs) what you've done. I love it. However, in you saying yes to all the things, it's taken... Thousands of twists and turns, most of them
1: very positive, yes? Well, yes. Um, I was an artist, an animator. I became a diver and a spear fisherman. Then uh, I won the Australian title for women three times, my husband four times, and he won the world title. And then we went to do... We saw what we were doing. When we first went into the ocean, you, would, you thought you couldn't make any difference. There were so many fish, so many sharks, so much of everything. And after about 10 years, we saw a big hole in this life. And it was the Australian Spearfishing Championships at Maroochydore. And we'd both won. And we walked away and said to each other, we're never going to do this again. We knew what we'd done. That's a big twist. Big it turn. Was a, a total turn.
0: It's like someone said to me the word the other day, it's a pivot. You just did a almost a, a pirouette, didn't you? Yeah, Let's... we did
1: an about face. An about face. It didn't make us popular with the spearfishing association. But it led to being very serious about conservation. It taught me as a person that if you really believe that something should be done, really believe it, one person can make it happen. It's simple. I'll tell you how to do it.
0: Oh, yeah, go right
1: ahead. You get a good story. This is I'm talking about the potato cod, the cod hole, first p- totally protected area on the Barrier Reef. You get a good story. You get good imagery and you go on television. The imagery gets you on television. The story is second and the biggest thing, you never tell a lie. Everything has to be a total fact because the opposition will lie. They'll lie like anything and if they do it on television or radio when you're there, you've got them. You can, I say it directly, you're a liar. So that was the start,
0: the cod. Um,
1: the cod was, hole, that's what you call it. The cod it. hole. The cod That, hole. that is what taught me, but that wasn't the start.
0: Oh, no, that wasn't the start. Oh, no.
1: Uh, The very first thing was the Australian sea lions. Then came the uh, grey nurse sharks. Yes. And there were various other small things, like little patches here and there. A big one overseas at uh, the uh, Cocos Islands. And then uh, I had the shark finning stop there. And then... Uh, white sharks, then potato cod, and I just go on and on. I never shut up, actually.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that if you have a story to tell... Someone said something the other day about two eyes to use to see and one mouth to speak with and use them. You know, it's really... And that's what you've done. You've used your eyes, you've seen what's out there in our world, and you're using your mouth and everything else to be a conservationist and to show the world what we actually have... In our beautiful marine
1: life, our oceans. Our beautiful marine life, which is disappearing at a rapid rate. I find it sad, very sad, that a child in school today, or even a teenager in their 20s, will never know what an incredibly rich marine world we had around Australia, or around the world for that matter. Because it's gone. they only know what man has done to it. Now, they will go to the Barrier Reef and think it's wonderful. I go to the Barrier Reef and know how wonderful it was. Mm. And I don't go there anymore. It's sad. I'm really pleased
0: this message is coming out. I don't think, as you say, a lot of people don't realize what we've lost.
1: No. And the saddest thing is that we're going backwards I started on all this in the 60s.
0: And we still haven't stopped. And we
1: seem to be getting slower, cutting down more trees, taking more fish out of the ocean. What is it, Sarah, 10% of the tuna of the world are left. That's all, 10%.
0: Is that right?
2: Terrible, yeah.
0: I guess you and Valerie talk about this sometimes because you catch up quite a lot. And Sarah's been lucky enough to dive with you. Yes,
1: well, we go to... uh, Areas that have been protected.
0: Yeah, and where where might they be? (laughs) They're protected. (laughs) She's not telling
1: us. (laughs) No, too many divers there now because the rest of the world has had it. Indonesia, Mm -hmm. Komodo, Marine Park, Raja Umpat, a few protected areas. North of Flores, Papua New Guinea, there's protected, totally protected areas there. And... It's marvellous. It's wonderful. However, it's been Europeans who have caused this to happen, not the people who live there. But the people who live there benefit greatly from tourism. Diving yep. tourism is huge. And that's the, the balance. And that's the balance. That, that's, we can't
0: get it right so much about economics, yes? Yes.
1: I, I, you can go out and catch a beautiful big grouper and take it home and eat it. And say, oh, that was lovely. We had a lovely night. We ate a grouper. However, alive in the ocean for years and years, it can give but people pleasure just to see it. I learned something about gropers the
0: other day, that they can turn from male to female. Oh, of course. Oh, my gosh. Like so, so can parrotfish, so
1: can... But most of the
0: fish can. Oh, I'm just like... I watch a lot of marine shows. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a Blue Planet fan. But,
1: you know, I watch it and I go, really?
0: How clever. And
1: they even change their colour and everything. And yeah. they do it quickly.
0: Um, there was a photo circling around that one of the swimmers took of a blue groper being eaten by a cuttlefish. And I was like, how can that cuttlefish get that groper? And it's it's Well, amazing. blue gropers,
1: when they're female, are very small and they're brown. Yep, yeah. And then they... And there's quite a few of them. And there's one big blue guy, and he's the boss. He's the male. If something happens to him and the females are still around, the apex female will turn into a male. She'll, um, get, she'll suddenly grow, get blue, and be a boy.
0: Amazing. You've chosen some songs for me today, and all my guests choose songs. And the first song is Jaws, the theme from Jaws. I'd like you to tell us a little about that.
1: Um, Well, Jaws, it's an interesting story. We received a a galley proof of a book written by Peter Benchley called Jaws and was sent to us by Richard Zanuck and David Brown. And they asked if we thought it would make a movie and we both read it and said yes. So they got the rights to Jaws. And um, they had a... Already a young director called Steven Spielberg, who'd only ever done one film before, Steven was very, very smart. He said he wanted the live shark footage before they went into production. Mm. How smart can you be? That is very clever. And then they sent us the script of what they wanted the shark to do. And Ron said, well, that's going to cost about a million dollars. And they said, no, no, we're not doing Cleopatra. And Ron wrote back and said, well, look, you can order up elephants and you can order up camels, but you can't order up a shark. And you can't make the shark do what you want. It'll do what it wants. You have to wait for it to do what you want. And that could take a year. So that's when they decided on the mechanical sharks. And Ron went over to Los Angeles to make sure the shark looked like a white, great white. Yeah. And uh, then he came back and they sent out a little man and a little cage <laughs> and we went into <laughs> filming sharks. Yeah. And we had a small abalone vessel. Yeah. And that was half size. Everything was half size. So our 14-foot sharks or 4-metre or whatever, 5-metre yeah. sharks, would look... 24 feet. I'm working in the days of feet because the Americans all work in feet. When we work with them, it's feet. And they sent us a little man called Carl and he said he could die if he couldn't. He couldn't even (laughs) breathe on a regulator.
0: There's someone that just said, yes, I can do that.
1: And we went to sea. they fortunately sent a production manager to force Carl into the cage. (laughs) And we went into production and we had a great stroke of luck the half-sized cage was hanging off a bridle on the half-sized boat. And, and the shark swam around the stern of the boat and somehow the rudder got itself on top of the cage and got stuck in the bridle and went berserk. Oh. I saw this happening and I picked up the above-water camera and started filming. My husband was already down. He started filming. The cage got stuck on the shark... The shark stood on its head and its tail went into the half-sized boat and swept the deck. Rodney pulled the back, but the tail cut the hydraulic cables to the motor and red hydraulic fluid was running over the deck. There was a horrible cracking sound and part of the the side of the boat and the whole winch and the bridle and the shark and the cage went hurling down And Ron was filming, fortunately. Carl stood there and he looked down and he said, Am I dead? (laughs) No. Is that my blood? (laughs) No. It looks like my blood. (laughs) Meanwhile, the cage and shark had crashed into the sand right next to Ron. The cage came off, but he couldn't see much because the sand was stirred up. He saw the shark swimming away and it had dragged the cage away from the boat. So Ron surfaced, got a rope, went down and put his feet through the bottom of his cage and lifted it up and walked to the little (laughs) cage, tied it to his cage, walked it back and we pulled pulled all of the
0: equipment back
1: onto the the deck. The little cage was a bit bent up. All that the production manager would say, you got it, you got it, didn't you? You got it, Ron, Ron, you've got it. And Ron said, yes, I filmed the whole thing. (laughs) This is just an incredible story. dear little Carl was now in a state of shock and we didn't actually have a proper toilet or anything. We were on a fishing boat. And he
0: was, oh, you don't even have to say the rest.
1: (laughs) And he went into this small area where we kept the brooms and spare bait and a hole in in the deck. And he was doing something very personal in there. It had a sliding door, and the vessel was rolling, and the door was opening and shutting. And I jammed a a screwdriver into it to stop it opening. Then we forgot all about Carl. We had to get Ron up. We had to get the cage up. We had to to, strike, trying to straighten the bars. And after about an hour and a half or two hours, someone said, Where's Carl? I said, Oh my God. Pulled out the The screwdriver. screwdriver. He had no voice. He'd been screaming for help me. He was so sick. He was sick. the last of your
0: priorities on that day. I, he
1: was so sick, poor little man. He would not have anything to do with the cage. As he was allergic to the sun, allergic to salt water, He, we, uh, I had to get into the cage and Ron shot over my shoulder. You know, the hand that comes out I actually appears in jaws. No, my hand appears and touches the shark and a few things like that. But they had the main shot. Well, when people watch
0: Jaws again in the future because I know that they people still watch it because it's just one of those iconic films and they know this story it'll really put a different different um thoughts in their head. So let's listen to Jaws. Can I just say one thing? Yeah.
2: I remember when I first met Valerie, the cage was in your garden at Roshal.
0: Yes, that's correct. <laughs> it re- Did you put your children in there? Oh, they saw it as well.
2: (laughs) Many times I'd wanted
0: to. Oh, I'm I'm just loving this. I'm laughing so hard. Here's the theme from Jaws. You are listening to Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. That really shows the drama of that song, Valerie.
1: And you know, while that piece of music was on, you could not see the shark. Oh. That music gives you the feeling of a shark without ever seeing it. It's very clever.
0: Well, Spielberg is very clever himself too, isn't he? He's done some great yeah, work. I,
1: I, yes, he was a nice guy too.
0: Yeah. Lovely uh, fella. <laughs> you have a lot of young friends, Valerie.
1: Well, I have a lot of young nephews and great nephews. And you spend time with them? Yes. And my girlfriends, my age, they have daughters who I travel with. Oh,
0: so tell me about that. What sort of travel and, you know... Or dive with. Oh, you're still going diving? Yes. Oh, I'd like to hear about that.
1: I'm leaving on the 18th of this month. Yeah. Um, I'm going to Ampat, north. West Papua, and I'll be diving there for a couple of weeks then going back to Bali, having dinner with a few friends then coming home. And I was hoping, planning to go off with my darling Haley Bailey on another dive trip with a lot of young girlfriends, my girlfriend's kids on it, all women, and I was going to love it. But I've had to cancel, really, because... I'm in the middle of a book.
0: And the book is about? Me. Yes.
1: And I've been paid handsomely for the story. And they have a writer, but it's actually written, I write. And it'll be international. It's going to be published by Hatchet, which is a French company. Yeah. And also a feature documentary, which is basically shot because I've always been on camera ever since I was... Young And so the footage is there and they're remastering, remastering it, bringing it up to scratch. It's a movie. So they're turning it into whatever they use today, video.
0: Isn't it amazing how technology allows us to use all this footage and everything that's archived away yes. forever? I mean, they can bring it back. They can bring back history.
1: Yeah, they can. I mean, our early days were history. It's repurposing
0: things, isn't it? Your early days were history. Yeah, and
1: it's great.
0: I mean, there weren't people like you, a woman in a man's world we were talking about before, and you didn't feel like that.
1: No. No, I I was with my husband, and uh, we were doing a job, earning a living, having a great adventure. Life was an adventure all over the world, and just so lucky. The things that happened, you just lucked out and lucked out and lucked out. And it all added up. The other thing that was in our favour, that we didn't have any competition. Mm. It makes a difference. Well, you were pioneers. Uh, in our field, yes.
0: Yes, you were pioneers. You, that's very much so, isn't We've, it? We
1: found many new reefs. We didn't know that when you until somebody went and named them. One of them is called Ron Taylor Reef. Actually, oh, no, I,
0: I, I've read that. Mm.
1: When you go diving now, do you take photos still? Do you take a camera? Um, I carry it. Taken it on the last three trips. I have terrible arthritis, and I'm worried I'm going to drop it and it'll go down a thousand feet, and I'll never get it again. Is it a big camera? No, it's not. But sometimes, like on my last trip. We had a very dramatic incident. I was down with two other guys, and the current came up. We were in Alor, in Indonesia, and the currents there can be huge. We were in a, a pass, and we couldn't swim against it. And I said, let's, I indicated, let's crawl to the island across the bottom. Which I, and the guy, one of the guys said, no air. So we don't want to separate, so we surfaced. There should have been a tender there, and there wasn't, and I was astounded. They We're... hadn't supplied one? Oh, there, there was your... one. We went in on. What had happened, the current had caught the mothership, and the captain had swung it around so hard it would broken the hydraulics for the steering, and they had to use both tenders to push it into secure water, or we'd have lost... The mother's ship and everything on it. How far away from,
0: like, are you? A long way offshore. No,
1: a, a kilometre. Okay, that's, that's enough. Well, I, mean, I wasn't. We were only um, oh, a hundred metres. Maybe I don't know. Not that I, I would have made it to shore. The others wouldn't. And I could see we were hurtling towards a point, and beyond the point, I could see white water. And I knew if we got around that point, we were going to be it was in
0: concerning. a
1: lot of trouble.
0: And then I heard the chung,
1: chung, 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 chung and The tender came back and got us just in time. Anything can happen, can't it? It's oh, like just God, anything. It was, it was scary. I knew I could get out of it by going to the bottom. It was only about 10 and a half metres, 12 metres, I don't know, something like that down. I could see it. I knew I could get to the bottom and I knew I could claw my way to the island and of course, because it got shallower and shallower. But there was one person without air. One person without air and you wouldn't want to leave him there all by himself. No. With his giant camera. Mm. Do
0: you, just a little question on this, photography, is it stills you take down there now mainly or do you video as well?
1: I am more inclined now to video. I have stills of everything I can possibly think of. Thousands and thousands. I look at what people are photographing today and I say, I'm still better. I spend so much time in the water. The thing about underwater photographers today, they've got to do a dive trip. For me, it was a job. I was there all the time. Amazing,
0: Mm -hmm. amazing. What about fear in the water? Fear? You know, were you ever fearful in the water or sharks or
1: not fearful? I get apprehensive. Like when I was in that current. I was apprehensive. I once got caught in a a whirlpool and I thought I was going to die and to my amazement, it didn't worry me at all.
0: Does something else, do you think, click in that
1: you're
0: you're in the moment trying to... If
1: things go wrong, I get angry. If the shark's (laughs) giving me a bad time, I get furious with it.
0: Watch out, shark.
1: (laughs) Well, the shark knows. People just think they're stupid. They're a big fish, and most of them are predators. Some of them aren't. Some of them, it's a bit different. And that predator is not used to its prey, be it on land or in the water, standing up to it. The shark you fear is the one you can't see, and if you can't see it, why are you fearing it? Because that's the one that's going to get you. People who thrash around the shark, shark, they're attracting the attention of the predator. Sharks, like all animals, including us, are curious. Mm -hmm. They investigate the unusual with their teeth. They don't have hands. Mm -hmm. When you feel the teeth on you, if you pull away, they start to shake their heads. You become prey.
0: Ah. Uh,
1: I only can say this because of all... Well, well over a hundred times I've been bitten wearing the mesh suit and I watch them, I watch what they do. I have no fear, I just watch them Watch them trying to chew their way through. It's interesting.
0: Sarah, I'd like to see a shark through Valerie's eyes. A different experience, yeah. Oh, totally. I uh, couldn't
2: imagine what you know she's seen but she has been bitten by a shark, haven't you?
1: Several times, yes, Yes. (laughs) but always my fault, Sarah. There you go. Okay. Uh, We have another song, Swan Lake. When I was 15 and been sacked from two jobs, I got a job as an animator and as I can draw. I didn't have to learn. I could draw. You could already draw. I found myself doing cells. It was all done by hand. When I was young, of Swan Lake. Because they were making a film in a cartoon way for children in school to teach them about classical music. Mm -hmm. And as the beautiful swan comes up out of the lake, the water is dripping off her wings and it's dropping into the black lake below. And my job was to do the drips and things. But what a great
0: picture you just created well, in my mind. And much
1: better artist did the swan. <laughs> that was my first job. And then I went on to two more and then we moved back to Australia. I am an Australian and uh, I got a job drawing comic strips.
0: Well, I haven't got an artistic drawing bone in my body, but I know that you're very much into art. So let's listen to Swan Welcome back. You're listening to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. To find out more, go to the website rnb.org.au. I'm speaking today with Valerie Taylor and Sarah Bursell. And Valerie, Swan that one job you were just telling me about, what, how did that change your life? It gave me a love
1: of classical music. And when I'm dying or when I'm old, or I am old... (laughs) No,
0: you're (laughs) only 83 years young and vibrant. Sarah, we've got a bit of catching up to do, but... Absolutely.
1: Yeah, and I want to listen to that sort of music. It takes me on a journey and... I see a picture. There's another piece of music, classical music, that whenever I hear it, I see a gypsy cart going along and going into the distance. And I don't know what it's called, but I hear it frequently. Yeah, I, it just was a gift to me from that piece of music.
0: I mean, I think classical music is just absolutely beautiful. And watching you just then and Sarah being swans in the studio it's really nice obviously the listeners can't see what's happening here but you know your faces are so alive when that music's on and you can close your eyes and you can you know actually feel the movement and that music does that
1: so well Sarah when we were underwater sometimes we do little flutters together and I remember when Fraser was a little kid when we were in Fakarava Pass. And <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm, a, I'm actually going to cut that out. No, I'm not. not <laughs> <either>. <laughs> uh, South Fakarava in the Tuamotos in French Polynesia. And Fraser was decompressing after we'd been with all those hundreds of sharks. This little boy, and I went up to him and I did that, and he went like this. <laughs> quick happy flight <laughs> and he hung onto the rope again because he was decompressing and a- another shot which nothing to do was of her son and he's sitting there and there's hundreds of sharks and they're potentially dangerous they're everywhere all around us it's and one bumps his leg that's right Real, it's really his leg. it's on film one bumps oh, his leg. oh my goodness <laughs> and it just <laughs> turned away what Someone sort of shark was it, Sarah? Grey reef. Oh. I uh, I
2: can remember the man mo- moving him on the film. Yes. He just yeah. yeah, moved him away. Yes, moved him in front. Oh, <laughs> he went in front of Fraser.
0: Um, yes. Other than experience, I want to come diving with you, and I can't dive, but I'll have to go and learn. I think.
1: Well, you better be quick. I'm
0: leaving on the eighteenth. <laughs> oh, well, can we go a little bit later? <laughs> Another time. Cancelled that trip. Oh well, <laughs> yeah. next year. Challenges at your age, what challenges do you find as an 83-year-old who's had and is still having a very active life?
1: Arthritis. It's destroying my physical ability. It's everywhere. And it's inherited. My mother had it. My grandmother had it. I have it. My brothers have it. And it's destroyed my hands for, I can't close the left one. And for holding the brush and the pen because I love to paint and it, I can't write as beautifully as I could. Every now and then when I'm drawing, suddenly it, my hand jerks and I get this horrible line going in the wrong direction. How do you deal with that? Do you I, still get I, frustrated
0: or do you just... I hate it.
1: You hate it. But it's old age and it's... A disease everybody's going to get, not necessarily arthritis, but old age. And I deal with it as best I can. I love gardening. Mm-hmm. Doesn't stop me gardening. Love growing things. Love painting and drawing and writing and reading and. She has a trouble. D- she has trouble opening the. Um, bottle top
0: for the wine yes drink. oh yeah, yeah that's when, a shame when, isn't it when, so it sits on the shelf and doesn't get drunk
1: no 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 Sarah visits <laughs> Sarah has very strong hand. and Sarah's a brilliant cook I love to go around there and eat
0: Sarah's just a brilliant host isn't she? Turbo's a brilliant host too. Her oh, dog. he's a
1: lovely dog. Oh, you've seen Turbo? Oh, I he's see Turbo. Gorgeous. I
0: see Turbo regularly. Turbo's, he's, he's very much, he's, he's Manly. Yeah. He's mm. part of Manly. Everyone knows Turbo. He's, a he's beautiful Turbo hosted a party recently. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, Turbo had a party, didn't he? Was that the New
1: Year's party? Yeah, you, yeah, that was Turbo's party. You were there,
0: Farrah.
1: Uh, I, I was there for, <laughs> stayed for about an hour. Uh,
0: I, I ate I, everything I could. Yeah. I, well, I think I got there after you because I was running late that day, but it was Turbo's party, not Sarah's. <laughs> well, Turbo
1: greeted everybody.
0: Turbo tried to eat everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he does, always does. So, <laughs> the camembert. <laughs> uh, how do we educate
0: the youth of today about
1: our oceans? That's a very good question. The best way to educate anybody is by experience. But you can't take a million children into the ocean and give them experiences. There are a lot of documentaries coming out now about the ocean and the problems that it's having. And the younger people, I notice, realise that these problems have been caused by us humans not by any animals, not by nature, but by us. And so, more so in more recent decades. In more recent decades because we now have plastic. When I was young, we didn't have oh. plastic. The plastic is going to eventually kill all life on the planet if we don't do something about it. It's a terrible thing. We now have plastic microbeads in everything we eat, in every fish And every shrimp, everything. Who knows how that'll end up. I don't know. I won't be around. I've had a life during the best time on the planet. I agree with you. I have. We had enough medicine to attack killer diseases. We had aeroplanes to take us to wonderful places and the world was there to be discovered. Everything was new brand new, bubbling with life. Now it's sort of sad to me. Young people don't know it's sad because they haven't seen it how it was. That's possibly going to be the downfall. They don't realise fully. They know it, but they don't observe it. It's not part of their life. Me, I walk around picking up bits of rubbish. I snorkel around picking up rubbish. I put my plastic here and my... Cardboard there and everything. I I do all that. It's important. And if, even if we all did it in the long run, I don't think it's going to help.
0: No. I have to tell you something funny I saw in the ocean today. Oh. And I couldn't get down deep enough to get it. At the point, a pair of black Bonds undies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, there's a bit of black plastic, I'll get it. And then it said, Bonds. <laughs> I realised someone was naked. <laughs> well, maybe you wanted the undies for yourself, I don't know. I thought about bringing them in and going, is anyone missing something? <laughs> if there's a pair of Black Bonds undies in the ocean, what can't you find? Do you can find anything that's rubbish?
1: Last year, I went by vessel across the Pacific from Fiji to Tahiti. I did that trip in the early 70s, 1975. I went to islands that we had been to that were pristine you couldn't, and you couldn't see the beach for plastic. It's everywhere. And it is mostly Asia that throws it in. All their garbage is put in the ocean, out of sight, out of mind. They throw bombs in the ocean to kill the fish. It kills everything, but that yep. doesn't matter. It kills the future fishing f- for their village, but they don't seem to care. We can't control the population. We just think maybe we can, we cannot. We're flat out controlling ourselves.
0: There's some very, very good points you raise there. And mm-hmm. in the late 70s, I was working on a cruise ship. Where do you think the rubbish off that cruise ship went Straight every night? into the ocean. In blue plastic bags over the back of the yeah, ship. That's exactly right. Where is that now because most and of those It's all there. Yeah, exactly. It's all there. It's None all of it's there. Gone away. And you think of how many cruise liners were going around the ocean with a thousand plus passengers on board and how much rubbish and they never brought the rubbish back to shore. They do now.
1: They have to. They
0: have to. If you got up at 4 in the morning and went to the back of the ship, you would see the rubbish and you see going, the line off the
1: deck. going off into the distance. Yep. In Indonesia now. The Seven Seas, which is a family dive boat, and we go ashore to have a barbecue or drinks on the beach on these uninhabited islands mm-hmm. Mark now sends his crew in to clean that area of beach before you go in and he sends it in them black plastic bags which they fill and he stacks them up the top of the on the roof of the, the vessel that is so sad these are Big islands, no one lives on them because there's no water and he has to clean the beach to make it suitable for his customers because he runs a dive boat.
0: Amazing. that, yeah,
1: It's not amazing.
0: Well, it's It's not amazing. Well, yes, you're right. It's not amazing. It's amazing that you have to bother to send people in. Um, I don't mean that in a nice way whatsoever. There is, I'm rumbling around here, you've chosen another fantastic song. From the wartime.
1: There'll be blue birds over the white cliffs of Dover. Why do you? Why did you wait.
0: Why Because did you tell us
1: my mother used to sing it, but it was often on the radio during the war.
0: You are listening to Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. I'm in the studio with Valerie Taylor and Sarah Bursell. This is a question for both of you. Valerie, you've been to some amazing places in your life. Is there one particular place you'd love to go back to and spend time? I have to think about that. Me too. Do you? Is yeah, there... I
1: have to really think hard. Is no. there a time
0: in your life you'd really love go- to go back to, if you could travel in time?
1: Oh, I'd go back to being 35 when I was really strong, I, I'm very content and happy to be in Sydney, Australia. And have your little journeys. And just go out. I guess if I left Australia and I had to live somewhere else, I'd live in Ubud, Bali.
0: Ah, oh, do you love Ubud?
1: Well, I have a lot of friends there and it's ah. very nice and I always have a good time.
0: You know, I've heard that a lot of people, a lot of retirees go up there, especially from Western Australia, and they they're pensioners and they go up there and they have a great life in Orwood. They come back every six months and renew their visa, see the doctor and go back. That's right. and Sarah, have you got a place you'd love to visit again? You're a big traveller. You did ocean swimming this year in Greece. That's right, yes. No? wasn't this year, sorry. Last 2018. Year. <laughs> oh, oh, gone already.
2: And then I went over and saw my um, older son, Lachlan, in Scotland and we went to Arran Island. But, yes, I've done a huge amount. One amazing trip was Antarctica from a, a ship for a month with helicopters on board and seeing the dry valleys and, oh, amazing things. But I think there's so much
0: more to see out there. So it's always nice to visit somewhere new? yeah, somewhere
1: new. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. that's right, you're right. Yeah. yeah. I want to go to India and Russia, and I haven't done either of that. I've been to India, but not travelled through India.
0: Mm. Likewise. A lot of antiquity. The computer, you use a computer, and I know you use one because you emailed me today. Do you find learning these new technologies, because obviously with writing a book and you talk to people all over the world because of the things that you're doing with film still, how do you find learning computers?
1: I'm not very good at learning computers. What about you? Are you good at it? I'm terrible. Oh, Sarah, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah emailed me today too. And I can't cook. (laughs) You can so. Oh, I've just
0: learned about the Thermomix. I want one of those and maybe I can cook. (laughs) My mother's 91 and she uses a computer and she does look at Facebook. And it has its challenges for her. For me, it's a really great tool to have. But I can understand how people 15, 20 years older than me would struggle with it.
1: Well, uh, I've just had my computer cleaned up. A nice young man's living with me at the moment and he did it for me. I love that. (laughs) A nice young man is in my spare bedroom at the (laughs) moment.
0: I'm glad you clarified that.
1: (laughs) And uh, he's a computer whiz. So he sorted it all out. First of all, he made it frightfully, frightfully masculine. I didn't care for masculine. I said I want it pretty. So it's gone back to pretty. It made the background black and all the lettering white. Oh, yeah. really?
0: Well, that he, no, I wouldn't like that either.
1: He said it's better for your eyes, and I have had trouble with my eyes, but not that sort. But uh, I, I'm not very good at the computer. Um, I don't know, Sarah. You have children; they probably handle yours for you.
0: Um, I have a friend staying with me who's helping me with
2: <laughs> that. Yeah, well,
0: I'm, yeah, she's I think a bit of a whiz on those too. Documentaries, I, I want to just regress back a little bit. You were talking about younger generation looking at do- documentaries. Yes, Have you got any favorites that for the younger generation to look at and learn?:
1: Well, there's been some wonderful marine documentaries made recently. Dartenborough is really worth watching, and he does his research. Ron and Valerie Taylor always did their research. And most of the documentary makers I know do a lot of research. So what is presented is actually a learning curve for someone who's watching. Mm. And I think that's important. I find it unfortunate that the very young people want to watch these horrible cartoons with these monsters rushing around tearing cars apart I've just been at Seal Rocks I have a house there with a group of young people <laughs> and
0: you want to shake them and get them out the door well
1: their parents try but I go up to have my coffee and the youngest one's sitting there watching monster man and bear man fight each other to the death and I think that's
0: that's we not didn't, helpful.
1: Uh, they didn't, we didn't have that. No. And, it was, and that that would be all day if they were allowed. Yeah. They'd be yeah. watching these things. The little shop, there's only one shop at Seal Rocks. You can very cheaply get second-hand... Videos. Videos, and yeah. they, they go and choose these dreadful videos.
0: Well, before we finish up, there's a lot of talk about marine parks at the moment. Yes. Your views on
1: marine parks. Oh. Marine park is two words, marine Park means nothing like park your car, a car park. You, you can fish, you can net, you can spearfish. They had the Australian Spearfishing Championships in the Queen, Queensland Marine Park, which is on the Barrier Reef. Mm-hmm. It's two words that they have co- coined to make the general public think they're protecting the ocean. They are not. Only 6% of our ocean around this country is totally protected.
0: Mm, Only
1: 6%. Yes.
0: It's a very
1: small. 94% is open slather. And can you believe it that the fishermen want to get into that 6% and they're petitioning for it? Poor, poor things. They need to get in there because there's still fish there, still a lot of fish in the protected areas. Mm. If you go to the marine park, the marine protected area in the marine park in Jarvis Bay, I went there just recently, all around the edge of the protected area are the fishermen.
0: And the fish swim there. Yes, They don't have a stop here sign, do they? No, they they don't have a (laughs) stop here
1: sign. But all animals ourselves included need somewhere to live love and breed and fish are no different and if they don't have somewhere safe to live love and breed they're not going to breed yeah i agree and they're not going to live
0: that's honestly that's gold what Mm -hmm. you just said live love and breed Mm -hmm. and
1: not a truer word it is a tr- It is the truth. It is a true word. I just wish it was more taken notice of, really. No, I, and not just in the ocean. The ocean is just outside, out of mind. Also on land. Oh, oh. what we're doing to our planet is, is extremely sad. It's, they call it progress. It is not progress to destroy the planet that supports you. We are destroying what supports us and one day we're going to pay the price not in my lifetime maybe not in yours I think we're but al- we will
0: I think we're already starting to pay the price I know we are I mean I was born in the 50s and I know what the 50s and the 60s and the 70s were like mm. and it's
1: nothing like it is today you know I was born in the 30s Ooh. and we didn't even have plastic
0: no and, <laughs> and then, I remember yeah. my mum and dad having newspaper in the sink to Put the rubbish in, and now I do still, still to the and beautiful. I, I do it to this I love day. it. I have to wind up now. I have absolutely loved having you both in, Sarah. Thank you for coming in with us today, and Valerie. It's priceless to have you in here and to hear your thoughts and to learn more about you. So, yeah, can you say both of you say goodbye to the listeners. Goodbye, and thank you for inviting uh,
2: Valerie and thank I. Thank
1: you think. for coming with me, Sarah. Pleasure. <laughs> and thank you for having me.
0: You are more than welcome. It's, um, it's very important that I share a bit about you with the listeners. And thank you for ageing so fearlessly. Oh, no, it's not. I'm terrified of it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're doing a great job. This is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, aging is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright Outside.
3: There's a sparkle in your eye It's not all fight, it's a wonderful life Let's go and climb mountains high Swim across the ocean Let your heart be alive. There's no time to waste. Gotta go get the most out of time. Don't be afraid. Like this treasure that you've got to find, baby. Don't be shy. Let's go and take them. The so sweet and the spice Everything nice. Let your heart be alive Baby, just let your heart come alive Honey, let your heart be alive